I'm Claire McKenna and this is the Focus Ireland podcast. In this series, we'll take a deep dive into the most prevalent social crisis of the last 10 years, homelessness. We'll discuss every aspect of the crisis, talk with people who've experienced homelessness firsthand, meet people who work in the field, as well as experts in the area. You're very welcome to the Focus Ireland podcast series on homelessness. And today we're looking at how you move on from homelessness. What is the most effective way for people to return to a safe, sufficient home, limiting and treating the trauma of the experience? We're going to discuss the significance of trauma-informed practice in homelessness services, recognition of the trauma customers are likely to have experienced in their journey and how they're supported in healing and recovery. At Focus Ireland, over 800 households were supported to settle into a new home or on a pathway towards sustaining an exit in 2021. Services recorded approximately 940 adults and nearly 1,000 children, which doesn't take into account the hidden homeless relying on friends and family, but not registering for support. To bring us to this year, rising rents and inflation are exacerbating the issue. Figures released by the Department of Housing show that there were 6,825 adults who accessed emergency accommodation in the last week of February 2022. There were also 2,667 children who were reported as being homeless. This leads to a combined total of 9,492 homeless people which is an increase of 342 people on the figures released by the Department of Housing in January the month before. A clear finding from Focus Ireland's research is that a trauma-informed approach should be integral to the response to family homelessness right across the continuum of services from first presentation as homeless right through to effective resettlement. To discuss the topic with me today, I am joined by project leader with Focus Ireland, Paul Kelly, and Catherine, a lived experience ambassador from the LEAP programme with Focus Ireland. You are both very welcome. Thank you for having us. (laughs) Thank you very much for coming in. Catherine, I want to bring you in. You are one of the lived experience ambassadors with the LEAP programme with Focus Ireland, and you were homeless for seven years due to relationship breakdown. What can you remember from that time, from those early days? the first night I slept out outside the council in Fish Fishamble Street, uh, there was a, st- a stone bench, and I was wasn't asleep. I was just there, didn't know what to do. I was getting bright, just scary. Just hadn't got a clear where I was gonna go, what I was gonna do. Um, this bloke then I think it was about seven o'clock. This bloke was walking by, he was a traveller, he was homeless. Uh, I found out his name, John Joyce. Uh, he was walking by and he looked and he got. He asked me, was I okay? And he sat down beside me and I told him his story. And he brought me around to Merchant's Key for breakfast and a cup of tea and yeah, and he said, these will help you. and. That's when I got to know all the services, Focus Island, uh, a lot of services. I was told to go down to Park, Park Gay Street and put my name down, go in there, uh, the free phone number, I got that. Uh, and that's to get a bed for the yeah. night, but you have to register first. Yeah, you have to do a, a bit of stuff. You have to fill out forms, go to tax, all this. Uh, so I 
to write that stone um just seven years though <laughs> it was mad <laughs> and people will say you know why didn't you go to family and and even paul said um, it's as if it's a choice it's it's not it's a not, choice and no. i'm sure it's not a decision you made i have easily. tried to live with family um my sister she had her own problems addiction problems holding up husband and they had a child as well like they had their own problems and I did try and live there but when she married our husband like um, they, I couldn't be around it you know yeah everybody has their own yeah. stuff going on and it yeah. might be a couple of nights here or a couple of nights on there the but realistically it can't go on no. forever and nobody chooses to sleep no. out and not have anywhere to go no um, I found most of the time I got a bed when I rang, but sometimes it would take, like you'd ring at two o'clock and you could be on the phone for about an hour. You're just traveling constantly. You're just on the, on the move constantly. Uh, you'd go into Focus Island, like you'd have somewhere to sit down, you'd have a bit of food. Um, Brother Luke's as well. Uh, the staff are very friendly now, I have to say. Uh, just constantly on the go. <laughs> yeah and not knowing what's no. going to happen next and no. your relationship had broken down that's yeah. traumatic yeah. having to leave that situation that's traumatic and then having to move around again it's just trauma yeah. after after trauma how did you deal with it uh, I don't know um, just kept going just kept going and didn't give up you know uh, I just said to myself like after a few years like um, this is my life now <laughs> you know I'm just going to keep trying to get over just was going um, looking at apartments didn't even have time I didn't even get a site like to look at a place it'd be gone uh, it's just really bad out there like being homeless and when did you <laughs> first start to engage with Focus Ireland Uh Focus Island no I got offered I got a phone call and I was just going to buy myself the best tent <laughs> put it in the park and you see so many of them um, around so uh, I got a phone call to go for a viewing and I couldn't believe it I was out there praying to Jesus like um, just saying you know is this my life am I going will you please even if it's a toilet <laughs> you know that's how bad it was um, and then I got a phone call and it was the Gold View place and I went and I said that's it this is mine now <laughs> you know you can close your door that's it and they did it over when the lockdown uh, a virtual you know virtual uh, signing and that was it but it was a it was a long road, seven yeah. years. But you kept your your faith and your hope yeah. got you through it. And just as we went into lockdown, when most of us were annoyed about having to stay indoors, you were absolutely thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just sleeping on, not having to worry about getting to bed that night. Like I used to sleep. I used to go to um, James's hospital. My brother says to me he was 24 years homeless now, but it kind of like when I was homeless, I was like, I had no addictions or anything like that. 
but at the same time I my brother stayed and I was like I was saying oh my god what they must have went through in them years like it, it still kind of blows me mind today what you went through but uh, my brother says the best the safest place to go when you've no bed is James's Hospital A&E so that's where I used to go you know if I couldn't get a bed and if I'd ring then I think it was 10 o'clock and if I got a bed it could be over the far side of the city and I'd like I'd, I'd be an hour on the phone I'd miss the last bus like and uh, I'd have to rush all the way over and what like walk I wouldn't have the money for a taxi or anything like that uh, with bags as well like it's just crazy seven years of it and when you had your own home, it was just the really simple things that yeah. you say you'll never take for granted again. Never. What are some of those special things? Just lying on in the morning sometimes. Uh, just having, like going to shop to buy milk and bread. You know, that was like, it's just, you know, I I can go can go over the shop. I have somewhere to go back to. You know, just little things like I can't explain it. It was just, it was just, um, it was amazing to be honest. When I got my place, and I'm still kind of on a high. Because <laughs> it's freedom, isn't it, to yeah. decide? Yeah. I fancy a cup you can of make tea. Plans. You can, you know, have dinner. Uh, make your own dinner or whatever. Have a shower. I'll have a shower in five minutes. You know, stuff like that. Little things like that you, that you would take for granted. You know. So, Paul, what are the plans with Focus Ireland over the next few years? Just before that, Catherine has reminded me of quite a bit of stuff there that I could hear it and feel it from her. There's a lot of shame attached to being homeless as well. Um, and, and people are made to feel shame and feel ashamed of being homeless. Um, and I think we need to remember that. And uh, particularly in Ireland, and I'm, I'm, I'm still on clear, <laughs> and my doctoral thesis is on shame, <laughs> um, as to why um, Ireland as a country is just shame. Yeah, steeped in shame. We are steeped in shame, and and shame. You, we 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 are taught shame. Yeah. We we don't just create it and go. We we're taught it, and then we perpetuate it ourselves. Um. So, Catherine reminded me of the shame uh, that there is attached to being homeless, because again, oh, well, you chose that. That's your choice. Your relationship broke down because that's your inadequacy you 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 mm -hmm. it's that blame game and that blame game again comes back to allows me the person who's blaming uh feel comfortable um and we we, we need to really get a grip of that in in society and you know you hear these things that COVID has caused us to be more reflective etc 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 the proof will be in the next couple of years um, how more reflective we are, how more beingful we have become. Another thing that Catherine mentioned was uh, burden. I think I cannot imagine what it is like to be homeless. I, I genuinely can't. And that might feel strange, but I actually can't imagine it. 
I really can't. Yes, I rent. I know what it's like to to go caught oh, jeepers. What happens if I lose this word? You know, I get that. But I can't imagine the choice to the circumstance. I can't imagine that would have to arise that would cause me to have to go to a stone bench on Fish Amble Street. I can't process that because I'm probably because I've got a, a reasonably good foundation and I'm pretty anchored. And I think that's the thing um, in life. But then again, if I was to lose my accommodation, would pride stop me going to my family? But that'll be another one. Um, future. I think homelessness stops people having a future. It, it prevents being future focused. And we talk about tomorrow and planning anxiety, like an anxiety is the disease of tomorrow in a sense that it prevents Anxiety is always about the future. Um, and you have to live, you know, and everybody's, you know, people are talking about being mindful and living in the here and the now. When you're homeless, that's the only place you can live, is in the here and the now. And you cannot um, go, what will I do tomorrow? Because you need to go, what am I doing the next hour? What am I doing? Your, 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 your life, for some people, rocks around ringing the free phone. For others, they choose not to enter that and they go into tents and stay out. Problem now is, if you if if the, the local authority ha doesn't know who you are, they'll basically say, well, you're not homeless, you haven't been accessed in emergency accommodation. Mm. For some, it is safer in a tent. And when you go back to congregate settings where you talk about multiple people together who have mental health issues, uh, addiction, various things, when you bring all, when you accumulate all those traumas together, that becomes a very difficult scenario dangerous. to manage. It is dangerous. It absolutely is dangerous. And it would be quite uninformed trauma. Yeah. Uh, and it's like you said earlier, it's not like a one fix solution. It's not like housing is no. going to fix that. You're no. talking about the, the local authorities having to yeah. come together, having, you know, everything to be a bit more streamlined. Yeah. Can you identify with that, yeah. Catherine? Do you remember those feelings of shame? And judgment but then having that listening ear from from the support yeah um yeah when you go into a place like i felt like i had to control my like put my own what was what was going on with me in the back mm. because these people were more like more troubled i didn't want to bring any more oh, if you know what i mean and yet what you were going through was huge. Yeah, and I didn't want to bring any more trouble because I just wanted to go in, sleep, and that was it. But most of the time, like, with people, you know, different people, they wouldn't let you, you know? I, not their fault. Mental health, addiction, la, like, but it's just the way it is, you know? And that was the life. And yeah, you do feel shame. But at the same time, like you said, you keep one foot in and one foot out, you know, in your life, you know. And I tried not to feel that, but you do feel it. People do make you feel that way. Yeah. And I never really thought about what Paul had to say, how brave it actually is to walk <laughs> away from a difficult situation yeah. and decide that being homeless is going to be the only option mm -hmm. for now to a very yeah. tricky situation it's not a weakness it's actually a real strength of character was there a frustration paul through the pandemic you mentioned that we'd be reflective but we saw 
the government response. There was a freeze on increasing rents. Uh, nobody could be asked to, to leave their home. So when certain situations come about, we can react in this way. And yet now we've sort of returned to normality when it comes to the pandemic, but not when it comes to, to homelessness. And we've returned to the previous setup. Is, is that frustrating for you? It is because it shows you exactly, it goes back to systems thinking. The system can respond when the system needs to respond and when, when there's a, a, a motivation um, to do it. So why did we respond in COVID? Because people's health was put at risk. So we said, we value your health. So we, we, are, put, we are prioritizing that above all other things. Um, so the system, total, we had a, a whole system response. And I've often heard it said, um, sure, it'll always be with us. That's dangerous territory because we've now accepted this. Mm -hmm. We are not outraged by it. We're not outraged by the fact um, that people are allowed to grow up in environments that cause them psychological harm and ultimately physical harm. We're not outraged by that. Yeah. Um, there is something about that. You know, if, if, if people need to think of it in other terms, that'll help them to understand it. If, it. if it's a financial thing that is required, then it's very simple to cost homelessness. And it's not just. Um, this would actually be a good one to figure out, uh, to, to get the up to date. How much does it cost to occupy a hospital bed for one night? Um, Probably considerable, probably yeah. upwards of a and grand. And that was used with, with smoking policies mm -hmm. because it's costing the government yeah. at the other end. And it takes so, it out of human. We're bringing it down to financials yeah. and, and, and but economics. If we, but if we have to go there simply to go, you know, our mothers often said, there's no tree growing down in the backyard in there. It's not, you know, there isn't a money tree. Mm -hmm. um, we, we hear government talk about this as well, that there's a finite amount of resources. Absolutely. Can we use them in a better, more clever way? Yeah. And then this is when you get into the, this is when you get into, but you can't do that and you can't do this and you can't do the other thing. COVID. Yeah, we can. We, done, we can. We can. We can um, make big change yeah. when we need yeah. to. I mm. did a virtual signing for my place mm. in COVID and lockdown. Yeah. So we found a way. Yeah. yeah. There's always a way. Where there's always. a will, there's a way. That's it. Mm. Catherine, can I ask you about life now, how it is for you? Uh, it's good. Um, I have a young flat in college. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> money. Uh, I have another two young flats. One of them has schizophrenia. He's on medication. He's doing really well, really well. It's not violent or Um My other young flat, uh, he's not too bad now. He looks after his brother as well, helps out. Uh, yeah, everything, uh, everything is going well, you know, normal. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's, what you, downs that's what you sounded like to me now, a normal mum. You can yeah. just worry about your boys. Yeah, that's it. And I have three grandchildren as well. So just a new, me daughter had a new baby there before the Christmas. Fear. Hi, <laughs> Ruby, Indy, <laughs> if you're listening. Uh, yeah, I just, I love my family. Um, I just want to be normal. Yeah. yeah. And now you have somewhere where you can yeah. be with them, have them over. You yeah. have a base that, that you can then go yeah. and visit them and yeah. be normal, That's like it. you say. 
And what about being part of the Leap Ambassador program and, mm. and telling people about your lived experience and hopefully shattering a few of these stigmas around homelessness? Yeah, it's I, I love doing it. I love doing it, seeing everyone else's perspective as well. Even though I seen it when I was homeless, I kind of always tried to put myself into other people's shoes uh, because I did grow up with drugs in the family, like my brothers, my sisters. So I kind of, you know, I didn't, they, they hid it most of the, but it was shocking. <laughs> uh, yeah, just to hear about people coming out of homelessness, coming out of addictions, different perspectives, getting on in life. Uh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love seeing people coming on in life. Yeah, because it can happen. Yeah, and to give other people hope. You have to recover from homelessness. Yeah, definitely. And healing as well. It was healing for me. And do you think you, you have recovered or is it a, a constant journey? Uh, I've recovered in a sense, but I'll never forget. You know, I'll. it's always going to be there. Always. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, just what people have gone through and you know, it's it's always gonna. I'm always gonna know what's going on out there. Like if I go into town, and I'm sitting at a bus stop to get a bus home, I'll see someone with a backpack, a woman, a man, a young fella, and I'll always it'll always come into my head. I don't wonder are they homeless. Uh, you know, it it'll always be there, always. You know. And and you mentioned that actually, um, the fear when you're at home, and again, it's 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 those when you're in a very stressful situation memories become very concentrated um very very concentrated they get really embedded into the brain um so small things like that that trigger stuff can bring you right back yeah. into those feelings that you have when you're homeless and feel unsafe yeah. and when we are feeling unsafe just as human beings, when we feel unsafe, we start to not trust. We start to, we start to wobble. You know, uh, and when you're wobbling, you sometimes you that that expression of seeing the tree from the woods. Yeah, you, I you, did yeah. find that. It took yeah. me a long time to trust people again. Mm, mm. A long time to trust anybody again. <laughs> That's me, and I still get into that. I kind of like, yeah. It, I try to, I know I can trust people, some people, <laughs> but because other people have like, you know, you know, they're coming from a bad place. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's taken me a long while to get to trust someone, people, and I'm just getting there, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I'm yeah. still getting there. I'm not fully there, but I'm still getting there. Because they're the behaviours that you use to protect yourself, yeah. don't you? So yeah. that there are, you have to just make these new. Yeah ways the yeah. more people you realize you, you you can trust and it's a natural human response to not yeah. being safe and this is the thing if we start just taking the language away of homelessness just put, park that off and bring it down to the very basic things of safety trust when, when we start to look at homelessness that way then you start to shift your perspective on it and when you're not trusting someone you're not safe Therefore, I'm not going to be vulnerable with another human being. And for, for us human beings, we long to be with others. Yeah. And to do that, we have to be vulnerable. We have to expose ourselves. We have to risk. 
and they're normal natural everyday things but when you have that trust violated in whatever sense and it is an act of violence to to to, to do that um not necessarily physical violence but it is an act of violence to the person um that that trust gets removed from them they go i'm not trusting another human yeah. and you're you're walking around town um sometimes i can see it in other human beings it, it looks like the 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 um radar you know at the airport looking for danger all the time and when you're homeless it must be like that you're constantly on the lookout for danger and when you're constantly doing that again what are you not doing you're not living and that's the piece you know th- th- this is what it's about when we when we take it down to brass tacks when you're homeless what are you not doing you're not in home what's trust you mentioned earlier on when i asked you what give me words for home safety you know that love warmth tenderness and when someone she, when when Catherine became homeless, those things were absent. Um, you know the relationship broke down, so the safety of the relationship was removed. Um, the warmth of the relationship was re- removed. Um, so you, when you think about it that way, how 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 then, if you come into a service that's meant that should be trauma informed, you're not necessarily looking to replicate. I, I can't replicate Catherine's relationship. But I can say to her, I'm here. This is a safe space. This is a safe place. Um, and I can be consistent in my responses. So one of the things, uh, like when, if, if you were to, um, some, uh, if you were to describe trauma-informed services in three words, I would say safe, consistency, and containment. So we need to contain people by holding them and allow the service to hold them. So one of the things you'll often hear people when they walk into a service, they'll know straight away, is this a welcoming service or not, by whether it's dark and dingy or smelly. You know, we're saying we don't respect you enough as a human being, so we, we, we're not going to open the windows or whatever. You know, it's as simple as that. You know, when you walk into it, what does it they say when you're selling a house? Um, make sure you have the coffee on and the, the, the fresh smell of bread. Yeah. So you're conjuring up memories for yourself. You walk into a, a loud place where there's a where people who may be highly distressed, you're back on guard again. Your radar's up there going, what's going on here? Yeah. I am not safe here. So it, it's that perspective. It's 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 looking and we talked about othering. So the, the the thing about othering is we dehumanize and services, homeless services can dehumanize people because we have to tolerate stuff. And to be able to tolerate, sometimes we need, sometimes people need to take the humanity out of you. Now that might be a controversial thing to be saying, but if you sit back and think about it, <coughs> if you're constantly dealing with trauma, what's going to happen? If, if, we've, if you view trauma like seeping out of people and you're dealing with it repetitively, it's going to seep into your bones, gets into your system, um, and it'll get into your work structures so the system becomes traumatized um, and you will become like uh, what, what people refer to as vicarious trauma. So it happens to you by literally working with all this trauma and you, you hit burnout. And if you're burnt out, you become very ineffective and, and people who are burnt out can actually cause significant harm to others because they'll repeat the trauma for people. 
And Paul, are you hopeful that we can move on from homelessness? I think COVID has taught us we can do what we choose and what we put our minds to. So does that give me hope? Yes, it gives me hope. But what we need now is um, the will to do it. And I think that's the piece. Hope, you can hold hope, like hope is like a candle in a dark room, you know that thing? But like a a wind could blow that out. So it's how do we actually choose to, Carl Jung, how do we choose to respond to this? How do we choose to become? You know, that's the the piece. Uh, We have got to say enough is enough. Um, And that has to be led. That, you know, you know, people talk about revolutions and things like that, you know, and they're all very hairy, fairy things. But a revolution starts with one person. Yeah. And that can be top down or, or grassroots up. up. Yeah, it really yeah, can. Yeah. And I think that's really yeah. important. And having conversations yeah. like this will be yeah. very much part of it. Well, thank yeah. you to you both, to Catherine, our Leap to Ambassador. Continued success in your home and in thank your you. life. And Paul Kelly, Focus Ireland team leader, thank you very much for talking to me today. Thank you for listening to this season of the Focus Ireland podcast. For me, it's been a real eye-opening and rewarding experience. We're very grateful to everyone who contributed to this season, the experts, those who work to help end homelessness, and most of all, those who spoke from personal experience. Please remember to like, subscribe and share. If you'd like more information on the work of Focus Ireland, visit focusireland.ie. The Focus Ireland podcast was recorded at Collaborative Studios.